Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey everybody, welcome to the Midnight Frightcast episode number 48. I am one of your hosts, Josh. Sitting in Omaha is the doctor of filmonomics, Greg the Movie Guy. Fuck winter. And uh, to my uh, right, I guess, is the doctor of everything else, uh, Patrick. Hey everybody, how's it going? And of course, across the table from me is the Scream Queen herself... Maddie. I'll also say fuck winner. All right. Now that we've all agreed to fuck winner, uh, we can uh, just kick off with the trailer that we watched tonight. Um, that I saw this trailer. I think they dropped it like a week or so. It's been a little bit since it since it posted, but I was kind of pretty excited about it when it dropped. Uh, we watched the trailer tonight for a movie called Velvet Buzzsaw. It is on Netflix now. What did everybody think? I don't know. It was a, to me. It was a very interesting trailer. It was kind of I don't know for, for it, it's supernatural. I I, yeah. I, I don't know that's, how to classify yeah. this movie. It's very deceiving because yeah. you watch the first like minute or so of that trailer. There's no horror element to that trailer at all. It's a bunch of people looking at art pieces um, and Jake Gyllenhaal kind of acting really weird. Not really in his element. It's kind of strange. Kind of like a lot of people not acting in their element. Yeah. Because uh, each character seems to be like strange, eccentric, but they're all art dealers. And I think that's kind of yeah. maybe yeah. supposed to be that way. Uh, but yeah, once it kicks in to that, that horror um, kind of element and that first kind of jump scare. I saw you jump. Don't lie, Patrick. I saw you. I saw you react to it. I reacted. I don't know that I necessarily jumped. I was watching people. Um, (laughs) So there's, there's a couple good spots in that trailer that have some good uh, uh, jump scares. I thought I don't like you kind of have a a full grasp on it, but um, I I like what I saw. I think it's kind of cool. It's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. Maddie. Yeah. I, this wasn't the first time I saw the trailer. I saw it when it was posted originally and yeah i will say for the first minute i was like what is this pretentious art film bullshit and then when it started kind of kicking into more of the horror elements i was like oh okay and i mean it has a good cast i think so i feel like as we've said before netflix kind of is so hit or miss with their horror movies so i feel like i'll check it out but 45 minute rule still stands greg Greg. (laughs) you know i'm torn i i feel a little guilty because I constantly bitch and complain about uh, movies coming out that have no originality and no uniqueness. They're all kind of cut from the same cloth or follow a cookie cutter storyline. But this one kind of breaks that mold. However, seeing Jake Gyllenhaal act as a pretentious, douchey art critic does not sit very high on something that I really want to see. <laughs> so for that being said, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it came out on Netflix because that means I can justify paying the one or two cents that I have to a lot every month to view this. And I don't have to go and sit in theaters and chill out $12 to see Jake Gyllenhaal get scared as a douchey art critic. <laughs> now, and- so I'll, I'll probably watch it, but <clears throat> it's, it's way down on the list of, okay, I'm bored. I'll give it a shot. In, in Jake Joan, Joan Hall's defense, uh, he does step out of the box once in a while. 
And he was in Nightcrawler, who's the same director that same, did yep, this. Yep. And Nightcrawler, he was like a really weird kind of out of the box, like weird character. But Nightcrawler is fucking awesome. If you have not seen that movie, check out Nightcrawler also. It's really, really good. It's not really horror, but it's it's a fucking really good movie. And Jake Joan Hall is really good in it. And he's he's really uh, big right now because he's also in the, the new Spider-Man trailer that came out. But yeah, John Malkovich is in it. Tony Collette. Tony Collette's in it. Yeah, it's a really good cast. And that is um, our feature film coming up here in the next few weeks, too. So, unless it changes. I was going to say, overall, is everybody going to check it out? But fuck yeah, you're going to check it out because it's on the list. we got to watch it. So, yeah. So, is that already on Netflix that people can watch? February 1st. No, it's already on Netflix. Oh, I thought Yeah, you can watch it now. Okay. I saw it February 1st at the end. Yeah, February 1st uh, Well, Netflix is a fucking liar. I know February first in Shit, theaters. <laughs> in theaters, you can watch it on Netflix now. Oh, that's interesting. Have they done select, that before? Select theaters. Interesting. Um, uh, Netflix has like a fifteen billion dollar like budget this year or whatever for I think original. I think original. Yeah, I saw that. That's some incredible amount of money that they're dishing yeah. out for this stuff. But the critics are wondering if they're going to be able to make that money back up. They just raised the prices, so I'm sure they yeah. did. That's true. And so. it took them two weeks to get me my last movie, so thanks a lot, Netflix. I appreciate what the you. Hell? Yeah. yeah, their DVD service, I've said this before, has gone to shit. It takes at least a week. Now, it might be the, the, the titles that you're trying to get, because I still get things within yeah. three, four days. So, okay, so you, Netflix is just doing me dirty. Gl- <laughs> as you glare at me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, um, who's got news? Because we should talk about some news really quick. Does everybody bring news? Yeah, shockingly, I, I got did. news. Greg, yep. you got news? I do. All right, cool. Uh, who wants to start with news? Oh, start with news? You mean the news? Oh, for fuck's sake. Since the iPad's over there and we don't have the sound effect, Greg, what do we do? It's the news. He's it's the news. He left you news. hanging, dude. He really did. He left you he really hanging. Did. I failed. I suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Who wants to start with news? Who's got it? Um, I have two. Only one I'm excited about. Uh, the first one is the one I am excited about. Um, National Geo Wild is coming out with their first horror nature series, which I'm excited about because I love horror. <laughs> I love nature documentaries, so I'm really shocked and excited that they would put something like this together but it's called dead by dawn it is a six-part miniseries and each episode is inspired by a classic cult or modern movie and it's from the creators of the walking dead that's kind of cool so i think it's really cool i have i don't know how to check it out it started january 13th so last sunday I don't have cable, so I'm not sure how to check it out, but that is one I'm definitely excited to look at. It's going to be on cable, not a streaming thing. I don't know. I d- it didn't okay. really say. I read a couple articles about it, and it just kind of said it was on National Geographic's channel, so I don't know if that's streaming anywhere. Hmm. Cool. But yeah, that's, that's something. You think yeah. it, You think their programs would be streaming at this point? You would hope so, but who yeah. knows? And then my second one, just real quick... New Line is remaking, rebooting Nightmare on Elm Street a fucking again. They've been trying to do that, I believe, for a, a little while. Yeah. Um, and even um, uh, Robert Elon came out and said, I want to play Freddy one more time. Give me. Yeah, let, me, let the man do it. Yeah, let him do Like, I got to I gotta clean up the shitstorm that was Jack Earl Haley real quick and just let me do it. <laughs> Don't let anybody else just. How old let, is England now? 
He's still he's, acting. Yeah, I he mean, still does stuff. Yeah, he's still up and kicking. It, either let the man do it, or he's going to dress up like Freddy Krueger and run around fucking New York yeah, or something yeah, like otherwise that. He's going to be dressed like that at conventions anyway, so you might as well just let him. <laughs> yeah, just, and he, come on, he is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So, and he's 71 years old. Damn, you go, man. But you don't. Yeah. He doesn't look a day over 71. So, I mean, <laughs> he could do it. Yeah, and, and he's going to be covered in prosthetics anyway. And as I said, he's you, still I acting. Mean, maybe they won't need prosthetics at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Um, Just but I'd be. Fill in the wrinkles a little bit. You know, I would actually love a Nightmare on Elm Street, like, origin story. Because yeah. I know you have yeah. that. That would be very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, they kind of hint to his origins in a couple different parts of it and they cover but, it quickly in yeah. both movies. Yeah, but I want I want like an actual Yeah, uh they could do they could probably cover a whole uh, 90 minute movie on his origins. Oh yeah. Easily cuz he's got a whole backstory. Yeah. With a lot of info. Yeah. That's not Didn't very... they cover that in one of the one of the sequels like 3 or 4 something where they actually <laughs> show the whole I can't think of her name Amanda Kruger yeah, and I wait. Was that in Freddy versus Jason that they covered that? Because it was in the no, it was it was an older one. I okay. I, I feel like it was in three or four. Because um, because I, it was just a, it was a brief cut to it where they actually show her, and I did. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch him for sure. Because it's in there's a Freddy versus Jason book, and it's in the book like his whole backstory and everything. Okay, and oh, okay. so like that's well, didn't where, they try to cover his backstory in the one with? The non-Robert England version. Jack Roll said they they touch on it in uh, but we're pretending a couple that one things. Exist. Yeah, I know. But they do like um, they cover it for maybe like three minutes of the movie, and it's literally just him being hunted down by this mob of angry parents because and he they molested him, kids. Yeah, okay. I mean, but if you go back and do ninety minutes of kind of an origin story, I think that would be really cool. They've done fan films that were origin stories that were really good. <laughs> Even though I'm really tired of these reboots and remakes and blah, 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 I liked Rob Zombie's reimagining of Halloween where it, like, showed his backstory, and that was acceptable to me. So I think if they did something like that, I'd be a lot less pissed off and if they, like, tried to do this one more fucking time. Yeah, well, they take the... the, Because Halloween, they did the first hour was him as a kid. Yeah. And that that back half was Halloween. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They could, yeah, they could totally do that with a... The Freddy Krueger yeah. movie, I think. And if Rob so. Zombie wants to do it, I won't be mad. No. That would be a frightening, bloody mess. Yes, but it would be so good. <laughs> Patrick. Right. Yeah, I'll zip through my news real quick. Uh, in an interview with comicbook.com about the Halloween's Blu-ray release, uh, producer Ryan Turk revealed that he and Jason Bloom are dying to get their shot at Friday the 13th. No. And at this time, however, due to legal issues, it does not even seem to be a possibility. Yeah, the but Blumhouse they've they can work their magic sometimes when it comes to those legal issues. Yeah, that'll be tied up for a while. Yeah, that, that franchise will be so. tied up for a while. Please until my death. Yeah, <laughs> until your death. I liked the Friday the Thirteenth remake. I didn't. It did not bother me at all. If you watch that for what it is, it's an okay watch. Um, yeah, but that's just that's just me. Yeah. I'm in a very small group of people that enjoys some of these reboots. So, all right, yeah. Now, if you are as old as me, and most of you are not, you might remember a show. Yeah, okay. You might remember a show called Dark Shadows. Yes. Okay. It was a 1960s daytime soap opera that featured vampires, witches, ghosts, werewolves, and a whole host of other strange and supernatural beings. Well, there has been a new feature-length documentary created about the series. It's called Master of Dark Shadows. 
promises to be an in-depth look at the series and its creator, Dan Curtis. Dark Shadows ran for four years, producing a whopping 1,255 episodes. Wow. That's actually my favorite 1960s soap opera that dealt with horror. It It, was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, mine, I'll blow through mine really quick. It's not really horror. It's kind of horror news, but eh, fuck it. Here we go. Uh, Jason Reitman is coming out of the woodwork to write and direct Ghostbusters 3. I don't know if you guys have saw the, the teaser or the trailer that they put out for this the other day, but it made my pants tight. So I got real excited uh, when they dropped this uh, this little teaser. And it's not even coming out till supposedly dropping next year. I'm not 100% sure, but if it's anything like they kind of they, – they've talked about this for a long time and it's supposed to be a kind of a, a handoff film. It's supposed to be kind of a um, kind of a passing of the torch kind of film for a, a new group of Ghostbusters to to come in and take the place of the original guys – they're completely ignoring the female Ghostbuster remake. They're As not they even they're pretending that even exists. Wow. Um, Leslie Jones put out a tweet. She's super pissed about the whole thing that they're just ignoring the fact that they made a female Ghostbusters. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for Ghostbusters. No, they uh, should ignore it. Yeah. Uh, Ernie Hudson was had an interview just in the past couple of days, and he made a comment about we're all in, but he wouldn't elaborate on that. So yeah. nobody knows if that means if the original cast members, obviously, minus, minus Harold, Harold Ramis, Ramis yeah. Yeah. are going to play a part in it somehow or another. Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray, he was so sour about it for a long time. He was like, I'll come back and I'll play a ghost and I'll be in the first sequence of the film. And then after that, fuck you guys, uh, catch me in the, you know, catch me and then I'm out of the film. But in the past few years, it seems like he's kind of gotten more interested and more back into it. And uh, when they were going to do this a while back, uh, they had a script called Ghostbusters Go to Hell. And like the concept for that seemed really, really cool. And then another time they talked about this where they were going to pass the torch to like, that was like when Ben Stiller and Jack Black, uh, there's a, a handful of other ones. It was like Alyssa Milano, I think, was like going to be one. Um, they're going to pass the torch to a new group of Ghostbusters, they were going to be the majority of the movie. But yeah, I'll be really curious to see what they do with with this. I'm just really excited. I love Ghostbusters. Even Ghostbusters 2, which is a, just a big pile of dog shit, I can still watch that movie and enjoy it because it's the Ghostbusters. Yeah. So, um, and just my other piece of small news is Netflix is rebooting Unsolved Mysteries. If you have not heard this, I don't know who's going to host that show, I know I know who's not going to host it. Uh, I will be curious to see what they do with Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix and if anybody still really cares. I actually, I really like Unsolved Mysteries, but I read something the other day. What's the name of the host? I can't remember. I'll look it up while you're talking. Uh, but uh, I guess he, he liked his job, but he did not believe in any sort of supernatural anything. And I guess they had some problems with him shooting because he turned around and like yelled at the producer like, Really? <laughs> that just made me laugh because I was just like picturing that. That would be Robert Stack. Okay. Yeah, yeah that show was great. It was his, he was the voice of Unsolved yeah. Mysteries. Like, somebody come in here and compete with that. Good luck. Greg, what's your well, news, that's, dude? That's kind of like anybody trying to compete with Twilight Zone. Yeah, true. You know, sound well, like true. Rod Serling. Do you have news, Greg? Greg. I do. I've actually got two pieces here. So this is from bloodydisgusting.com. 
James McAvoy says Bill Skarsgård genuinely terrified him as Pennywise on the set of It Chapter 2, which really kind of perks my ears up, not really for anything specific, but because, you know, I'm kind of interested to see the second half of what uh, what had happened. And I'm really interested to see how the adult actors come in and work with what they had with the kid actors from the first one. So just uh, an interesting little teaser that, uh, hey, It Chapter 2 is on the horizon. And we will be covering that, I believe. We will be. Out, minus, minus Maddie, I think. But well, she's, she's asked to host it. Yeah. Yes, I will yeah, be yeah. hosting So she'll it. be asking us the questions. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be kind of cool. That will be actually really cool. And then the, uh, the second piece that I found here isn't really horror movie related. However, it's just kind of a, a fun little, hey, think about this. If you are a writer, horrornews.net is currently seeking writers out for their website. Go to horrornews.net. They've got an article on there for you. I plan on submitting my uh, my name in the hat to see if I can become a horrornews.net writer. So that's that. That's awesome. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Cool. Is that news? Uh, does any? I mean, I don't. I think that's the news, and we're uh, done, and we're going to move on to what we've been watching. Uh, so we go quick, so we can skip the outro. Uh, what have you been watching, Maddie? How do you, how do you give you a chance, dude? Um. Let's see. A note: I started watching the documentary about um, the making of Hellraiser, uh, Leviathan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was kind of a little boring, if okay. I'm honest. Like, and even that's one of my favorite horror franchises. But I just, I, I don't know. I expected like more, except for them like sitting around just talking. That's not the kind of documentary I like. I don't really like just straight interviews of people especially for like 90 fucking minutes like there's the other part one and a part two yeah i did not make it to part two um and then clive barker's not even in it and i was like what oh really (laughs) yeah he just said him and was it ashley lawrence is she the i only saw the part of the second half of it so well um i quit on it I'll, I'll, i'll admit i quit yeah uh the lead lead lady in the first one and Clyde Barker both said they didn't want to be a part of this because they just said we've been talking about it for years we're done no more which I can understand that but at the same time it was just kind of disappointing that you have two huge pieces of the movie that are gone so um, I'd recommend checking it out however it wasn't super super interesting that's on Shudder Shudder yes it's on Shudder yeah there are two parts to that lovely thing (laughs) Cool. Is that what you got? Yep. Okay, cool. Patrick? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time we cast, but I went and saw Escape Room. I enjoyed it, but I knew what it was going into it, so I had a good time with it, and they completely set it up for a sequel. So if it's making – I think we talked about how much money it made because it beat yeah. Aquaman or, or like nearly beat Aquaman. $55 million right now or something It's like some that? insane number for, yeah. for, for what there. it was made for. So uh, Escape Room. And then uh, yesterday, my wife and I skipped out and we saw Glass, which is, of course, the third installment of the uh, Unbreakable Split and now Glass, the directed, written, directed by M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. And uh, you know what? I enjoyed it. I know it's getting ripped in the critiques and everything else, yeah. but I enjoyed it. I felt maybe it was just a bit long, but McAvoy, once again, he's amazing. He is absolutely amazing as, as that character with the split personality. How was it seeing uh, Bruce Willis and um, Samuel Jackson up there after, was it 20, 
20 years. Yeah, they I will say that it was that the the fight choreography was directed as such that it did not bother me that Bruce Willis is slower. Mhm. He still looks good on on screen. He looks like he's in great shape. But when it came to the fight choreography, they directed it in such a way that they took advantage of certain angles and stuff like that that he didn't really have to show off. You know, there's no way he could physically combat McAvoy, especially the way McAvoy's built right now. So I really appreciated the way that they handled all of that stuff. I heard that he phoned it in. It was it was a little flat, but I don't know if that was the writing or if it was him. Gotcha. Cool. And, and I love the fact that they brought back original characters from all uh, from the first two films as well. Uh, that the 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 young man playing his son in the, in Unbreakable is oh, his yeah. son in this. Oh, movie awesome! Cool and stuff like that. They did a really good job with that. Cool, awesome, Greg. What have you been watching? So I've actually got a chance or had a chance to go out to the theaters and uh, catch up on some movies that I've wanted to see. So I won't talk too much about them just because I want to list off a few of them here. Um, I did uh, go and see Escape Room, and uh, you can check out my review on that on GregTheMovieGuy.com. Spoiler alert, it's not favorable. <laughs> Didn't you call I it Diet Saul? Maddie and I had a, a nice little back and forth of the terrible things that we could call Escape Room <laughs> and how watered down it was to the Saw movies. So yeah, I went and saw that. I, uh, I got to go out last Monday and get caught up on Aquaman, which I was... It was very enjoyable. I was I went in with uh, the bar set pretty low, but uh, Jason Momoa as an actor is just a freaking badass. So I was very uh, very pleased with uh, what that was. And then Saturday morning, I got to go see a movie that I've been trying to get to for a while, and I finally got a chance to. And that was Clint Eastwood's The Mule. And again, very very excited. Uh, very great movie. Enjoyed it a lot. That got nominated, I believe, didn't it? For didn't that get nominated for Golden Globe? Uh, I don't know if it got nominated for Golden Globe. I didn't follow the Globes at all this year. So cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, so knock through mine again real quick. Um, There's a movie that came out last year that I, I've been. I, I see the cover and I was really interested in it, but I never pulled the trigger on it because um, I just wasn't really sure. Uh, but the other day, I finally pulled the trigger because I was bored and I was like, I, I need to watch something kind of new. So I watched a movie on Shutter called Mayhem. Um, it has uh, Stephen Yen in it from The Walking Dead. He plays um, a uh, kind of an office exec who um, gets fired from his job at the uh, beginning of kind of the movie. And as he's kind of carrying his things out, a virus in the office breaks out. This isn't zombies. So nobody just so we know right out of the gate, we're not talking zombies here. Zombies here. There's a virus that breaks out in the office and he cannot leave the building. And he decides that uh, instead of kind of sitting around waiting for everybody to kind of, for the virus to kind of hit him. He's going to make his way up to the uh, top floor of the office and start some shit with the guy who fired him. And this is him (laughs) making his way. The movie is him making his way up to the top floor and uh, all the shit he's got to go through to get up there. And it's very much got a, a Belko experiment feel to it. But it's way more violent and way more bloody, and it's just like it's fire. It's a shit ton of fun. And uh, Stephen Yen's like it's, it's a different from Glenn that he played in The Walking Dead. He was a lot of fun to watch him do something else because I'd never seen him do anything else uh, besides the Glenn part. He's got a really good cast. Um, like I said, super violent, super bloody, just uh, just a ton of fun. And I am adding that to our. 
2019 uh, list of things that we're going to watch because right. I, I think everybody should check out Mayhem. And then um, last night, since we're talking soundtracks today, last night, this is outside of horror because uh, once in a while I will just I need to watch something besides people getting murdered. Um, Weird. So I know. So what if like a movie that's just outside of my box, but I, I watched it and loved it. And I've seen this movie multiple times. Uh, was a movie called Straight Outta Compton. I fucking love that movie. It's about the creation of the NWA. If you didn't uh, know that, but it's, yes, it's a, it's a sit. It's a two hours and 45 minutes, but again, it never drags and it's a really great story. And I'm not even a fan of hip hop, but I love that, uh, that movie and the soundtrack to that movie. So I checked that out and then Punisher season two dropped and the Punisher, John Barenthal, he just fucking kicks ass. What are you going to do when Netflix pulls that one? It's going to be a bummer. Because yeah. they pulled Daredevil, although the guy that plays Daredevil is doing a, a thing where he's trying to get uh, enough signatures to bring Daredevil back to Netflix. So we'll see. I mean, where's it going to go? They have more to tell. Unless they're going to just wait till the, the Disney streaming thing comes out and put all that shit over there. And they're going to be waiting a while. Uh, there's nowhere for it to go. Yeah, because Disney uh, had no plans on taking over any of those shows. Oh, at so all, because a lot of people speculated that the reason they went away from Netflix because Disney was acquiring them and taking them over. And, yeah. And then it comes out that no Netflix was just dropping them. Yeah, it's 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 shitty because those are really great. Uh, that's really great original content. And like I said, John Barenthal as a Punisher just fucking kicks ass. So um, in season two, I'm only a few episodes in, but it's uh, it's already lighting some shit on fire. So it's really good. That's uh, that's what I've been watching. That's what we've been watching. Anything else, guys, you want to add? Cool. So tonight we had a, a topic for tonight and we decided to kind of veer and wait another day to do the topic because we wanted to bring some people on. Is that kind of yep. how this whole thing went yeah. down? So, you know, as we do sometimes, we threw out something last minute for our topic tonight and everybody kind of came with some ideas. I don't know who threw the topic out, but it's a cool topic. I, I love... I love soundtracks to movies. Tonight we did favorite horror movie soundtracks. And I'll be curious to see how, how everybody went about making their list because I, I kind of did something different. Do we want to round robin or we just want yeah. to go through our list? I, I would say let's just kind of go through our list because I think we yeah. all probably approach this differently. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I have five and I'm going to kind of go from – I like all of them so I don't really have a least favorite but I'm going to go to my absolute favorite but – First one was Lost Boys. I like the soundtrack in there. Um, second one was Saw. Next one was The Exorcist, even though I was in The Exorcist room at the haunted house I worked at and had to listen to that all night for weeks, for years, and I couldn't watch The Exorcist for a while after that. Number two, I cheated and I said, any movie that uses Muse, because Muse is absolutely made for movies. It and I really is. Muse so does a great well. job. And then my number one favorite soundtrack is the Underworld soundtrack. It, they have oh, cool. so many amazing artists on there. And that movie came out when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And um, it really actually introduced me to a lot of bands that I still love today. Like it had Slipknot on there. Um, it had Finch, which is one of my big arm pieces. It has uh, David Bowie. It has, yeah, just an amazing, amazing 
group of and like unlike you know how sometimes you listen to movie soundtracks and you're like the fuck was that in there like you can actually hear a lot of that music it really is brought forward in underworld awesome i haven't seen the movie such a long time it's such a good movie too yeah it's great it's been a long time since i've seen it just don't watch like the last two or three underworld yeah the first two are fantastic yeah the first two are really cool and um they actually had books of them too and the books are really cool up until like i think rise of the lichen the last like book that i liked and then I was like, oh. I'm just yeah. glad Kate Beckinsale said she'd never do one again because maybe they'll just stop making them. Hopefully. Well, although she had a daughter in one of them that I didn't watch. Rise of the Lycans, she was not in that one, right? That's no, the one it, was she a, wasn't... it was a prequel. That was, Yeah, that was the prequel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's my favorites. But I like, as I said, I like soundtracks that actually bring like the music to the forefront. I want to actually hear the song, not just like, three chords of it like faded into the background (laughs) see and that's that's where i struggled with this topic a little Mm -hmm. bit because when we say soundtrack to me that that is me going out purchasing a cd that has the music i want to listen to as opposed to okay so i want to fuck this topic what is my what is (laughs) is my well no because i was jumping back and forth between okay is this my favorite score is this my favorite soundtrack are they the same thing so you know that's that's why i said i think all four of us would probably approach this a little bit differently because what I ended up thinking was more along the lines with you mentioned Lost Boys and I'd completely forgotten about that soundtrack and that is a kick-ass soundtrack. Yeah. That is a, I mean, that is just music I'd really like to listen to regardless of if it's in a movie or not. But my original list was actually film scores. If there was a film score I would purchase as a soundtrack, which ones would they be? And I go back to like the classics, which is Jaws with Mm -hmm. um, John Williams with his thematic scores. You always know what's happening Mm -hmm. just because you you can hear it. Alien, I thought, had a fucking fantastic score with it. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith did that. And then uh, Candyman, believe it or not, had a really, really good score because it just made you feel uneasy all the time. They got 20th century composer Philip Glass to come out and do it. He's very minimalistic. Like I said, when I was approaching this, I was thinking more along the film score side of it, what I would purchase as a soundtrack. But like I said, I'm so glad you brought up Lost Boys because it's soundtracks like that that I'm willing to go out and purchase the CD or the digital download for it just because I love the fucking songs themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And yeah, I agree with you. Muse. And I'm trying to remember what movie I was watching that the, the, the movie itself was kind of dog shit, but all of a sudden Muse starts playing in the background. High tension. High tension. Was high that tension. what? It, oh, yeah. no, then, then, I'm, then I'm wrong because I yeah. loved high tension. Oh, okay. They had the okay. Final I thought it was song an, at the end. But there was another tension. movie that it was in the middle of the movie. It wasn't at the end. I'm trying to well, remember. Well, high tension, what it, is. it wasn't like right in the middle of the movie. It was um, when they were, the guy was driving off with both of them in the back <sighs> of the car, it. Yeah. and it was, they played newborn. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I agree. Muse is awesome for horror films. Especially in trailers. Like, that's how you lure me in. Like, yeah. even if I'm like, because as I said, I'm not a huge fan of zombie movies, but like they played Muse in 28 weeks later, the trailer, and I was like, just there. I was like, I'm here for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that Muse or like 80s rock music, that is how you lure me into a movie. I will watch any piece of shit movie if those two are in there. Yeah. Greg. I've got kind of a, a pretty decent list here. I, I went a couple different ways, only because music for me is, is such a huge part of a movie where it really can set the tone or it can break the tone of a particular movie. And 
with uh, with horror movies, it's especially important because it really just gives you that atmosphere for the particular movie that you're watching. And again, it can make it or it can break it depending on how good the music is. So I had to uh, to uh, kind of classify some of the movies, uh, the soundtracks that I had listed. So uh, this first section that I have is more classical score types where like psycho lives. I love the music from psycho because it, it really, again, sets that tone. Jaws is the exact same way though. I've never seen the movie. I, I will admit it. I had the, uh, the ringtone of the excellent exorcist tubular bells for many years because I absolutely loved the song that came along with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of along those same lines was the John Carpenter written Halloween theme. Um, just that very, plunky plinky piano music just really kind of gives you that edge of okay we're going into something really freaking creepy right now and here we go from there i'm going to jump over to a uh, a synthesizer bit from the 1980s nightmare on elm street soundtrack was a uh, a personal favorite of mine and again it was just that that really deep creepy synth that helped you just kind of float right into the uh, the elm street series there a uh, one of uh, a newer saw or new excuse me newer movie that had come out that I really enjoyed the soundtrack on was the movie It Follows, and uh, it was just kind of that that droning bass drop that really kind of acted like your almost like your heartbeat or the heartbeat of the movie that I really appreciated. And then uh, my last one here is more of a, a guilty pleasure than anything was the final rolling credit song from the movie uh, Jason versus Freddy. Yes. Or yes. Jason. Was that Devil Driver? <laughs> no, it was Il Nino. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I from the moment I heard that song, I just I absolutely fell in love with that song. So Freddy vs. Jason also has a bunch of really cool like heart heavy metal and stuff playing in it too. So that's a good one. <clears throat> and that's that's a that's another piece. And I, I could have go on and on and on for lists that have music inspired by the movie or metal music that was inter <laughs> or in the movie. But a lot of it is more just comes back to the the actual scores written and the actual soundtracks written for the movies that really just kind of develop that atmosphere that I really like. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, my kind of my list was um, based off of a few things that I wrote down kind of before I made my list. Things like, can I listen to the whole thing all the way through? What kind of feeling does it give you? Does it drive a scene? Uh, does it stick with you out? Uh, even after you leave the movie or after, after the movie's over, does does that music stick with you? And so I was trying to think of things, and I, I, I guess I mix score and soundtracks together, and there's a lot of themes. There's a lot of themes that stick with me, like Psycho and the Exorcist theme and the Jaws main theme and stuff like that. And stuff like that. Um, the three I kind of wrote down were these are albums that I can listen to that are soundtracks to movies all the way through. And one of them just recently acquired was Halloween 2018. John Carpenter scored that whole thing. I can easily listen uh, to that soundtrack all the way through in one sitting and it really enjoy it. I too wrote down the soundtrack to the Lost Boys. You can't hear Cry a Little Sister without going. That is the Lost Boys. Yep. You know the exact scene it plays. You just know like once that first like drop of music comes in you know that's lost boys it's cry little sister it's in this scene and that's something that again sticks with you after that movie's over and you can just go right to it or even even that song that 
the bodybuilder saxophonist yeah. is singing. Yes. You know? The uh, the intro song by the Doors. Yeah, people right. are strange. People are strange. Yeah. They're actually that uh, that song "Cry a Little Sister." Someone actually remixed it with the theme from Saw, and it's really really cool. But I don't know why, but that's like one of my favorites. Uh, if you want to hear ever. a really cool cover of "Cry a Little Sister," go back and look up uh, Corey Feldman sings "Cry a Little Sister." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> a couple other ones, real quick. Um, just because I'm a fan of the decade, uh, Stranger Things. That soundtrack again is just driven by. 80s uh 80s music and i'm just a fan of the decade and the last one i wrote down is if you were to talk about soundtracks that drive a movie and you can listen to the whole fucking thing go back and listen to the full soundtrack of green room because it is just full of punk uh you can find it on youtube just start right out of the gate um you can watch that whole movie with that soundtrack it's just uh it's so good so yeah my my pick or my like if I were going to sit down and like listen to a full soundtrack all the way through and be able to see that movie and know that that, that soundtrack is driving a movie, it's it's Green Room. And it's an awesome movie, too, if you haven't seen it. Patrick oh, yeah. Stewart No, is, it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that is kind of, uh, you know, our, our picks. If you're a soundtrack person, I'm generally a main theme person, and there's a few soundtracks, but go back and, and hunt some of these down and listen to the full albums. Mainly, you can find the majority of these on YouTube. And uh, if you're a, a music fan or a soundtrack fan, go, go hunt these down because they're all pretty damn good. So I have kind of a, uh, a question to derive off of this topic here. Do you as horror fans prefer a scored more like orchestral style soundtrack, or do you prefer more band like hard, heavy rock metal type music for your horror movies? Like what, what really gets you into the, uh, it sucks you into the movie. To me, I think it depends on the subgenre. Yeah. It depends on the movie. Cause you know, a band kind of, uh, driven soundtrack is not going to work with a movie like Halloween. Um, uh, but it works perfect with a movie like Lost Boys or mm-hmm. Green Room. And I couldn't imagine an all orchestrated soundtrack to the Lost Boys yeah. or Green Room or, um, anything like that. That, that deserves, dropping in some some band music you know um high tension was a good mix i think if i remember right of of both those i mean overall i i prefer soundtracks that have bands in them but that's because i am a huge heavy metal and hard rock fan so i like hearing that stuff in there but both of them have their places like i'm trying to think of like what if they redid the, please don't. What if they like redid the exorcist and like they're fucking playing like God knows what, like, I don't want to hear like Slipknot blaring in the background yeah. when her head's spinning around. I just, I don't. Cool. Yeah. So, um, kind of wrap up the night. Uh, we have a feature film that we've talked about actually a few times on the cast, not fully covering it, but just like little nods to it. Patrick and I, it ended up on our top 10 list from 2018. Um, I, I would like to preface that I, my hand was a little bit forced in the pick on this. So I don't, <laughs> I don't claim full, uh, full responsibility for this pick. So we watched, uh, we watched a revenge 2018 revenge this, uh, this last week. And um, Patrick deets. The deets are revenge 2018. Uh, you can, I believe it was exclusive on shutter, but you can rent it cheap on 
Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play. A young woman is enjoying a romantic getaway with her wealthy boyfriend when it is suddenly disrupted by his sleazy friends arriving for an unannounced hunting trip. The situation abruptly and viciously intensifies, culminating in a shocking act that leaves her left for dead. Unfortunately for her assailants, she survives and reemerges with a relentless, wrathful intent. Revenge. IMDb rating 6.3. Metacritic score 81. Rotten Tomatoes critics 92% with a Rotten Tomato audience score 55%. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Patrick and I have already kind of touched base on this, uh, a good part of it. So my curiosity is kind of going between Greg and, and Maddie. And Maddie, from what I kind of gathered from the the messages, dug it. Mm-hmm. And from Greg's sigh, I'm not really sure. So, <laughs> uh, Greg, um, you just want to start? I do and I don't. The The cinematography in this movie was probably the, the biggest thing that really caught my eye in that the uh the landscape shots that they had were absolutely stunning and i love the the center shots that the director chose mostly from like when they were the two the couple was laying in bed and then it uh cross dissolved into the moon and he had a lot of those types of shots which i just i thought were really neat and i i noticed that he like the director liked to use a lot of really really super close up Shots. I don't know if you guys caught that. At oh, all. I totally love that mm-hmm. part. Yeah, I thought a lot of those were interesting, especially towards the beginning when they do the uh, the apple with the bite out of it and watches it slowly rot. or keep cutting back as it's slowly rotting, and then all of a sudden the ants crawling on it, and it was just it was uh, it was interesting on that part. But um, I wanted to talk about the uh, the positives that I was able to find in this movie to start. So, Maddie, I don't know if you have anything you want to jump in. No, you on go really ahead. Quick because. Are you sure? Because it's it's about to become diatribe time. No, it's fine. I actually have quite a bit to say about this movie as well, so you go ahead. All right. I believe the phrase is hold my beer. <laughs> this movie is horribly flawed. I understand being asked to suspend disbelief, but this movie asks way too much of the suspension. I gave up giving a crap because revenge is, in a word, absolutely ridiculous. Would you like me to continue? Yes, please. Hell yeah. (laughs) The suspend disbelief portion of this is more like, sure, why not? Who doesn't die from a fall that far and from getting impaled? How does she not bleed out in the hours that she has been impaled? How does she not die from dehydration in this? How does the fire that she, when she lights the tree on fire, not affect her when it is clearly burning against her shirt? How does she not bleed out walking to the lake while the people are following this blood trail that apparently is miles long? How does a six to eight inch hunting knife not kill the dude in the pool or the lake immediately? Maybe his brain was so small because he's so stupid that the blade missed it. How does she survive hours with a giant branch stuck through her? How does she survive pulling the branch out on drugs and then cauterize the wound, but not completely cauterize the backside of this wound. This movie is the dumbest thing I have ever fucking seen. <laughs> I am sorry if you guys liked it, but this is an hour and 48 minutes. I'm not getting back. So let's ask Greg what he feels about this movie. So, Greg, out of 10. <laughs> uh, you, are you, you, you got... 
Let's hear your negatives, Greg. <laughs> Is that your list? I mean, you you, you you look like you have more. No, that was it. Like that's really I, I stopped writing notes down after she cauterized the wound. Oh, I do have one more. Yay. The eagle burned onto her skin. Not an eagle. Really? It no. was it was a phoenix rising yeah, from the ashes. It was a phoenix. Whatever the fucking bird was. <laughs> I don't care at this point. Whatever the fucking bird was. Uh, that was awesome. So, Maddie, counterpoint? <laughs> um, I don't really have a much of a counterpoint because I do agree a lot of this movie was completely fucking ridiculous. But I will raise my hand and agree with you. Yeah, like, yeah. but... I don't watch horror films because I don't think they're ridiculous. I don't watch it for medical accuracy. But um, I will actually go ahead and say what I the one thing I really, really hated about this movie, and it was because I compared it to I Spit on Your Grave because there was a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. I Spit on Your Grave has the some of the coolest kills, and it has some of my favorite kills in horror movies. And I was ready... For this bitch to just torture the fuck out of these guys. Yeah. And then when she hunted him down with a gun, like, I felt my heart break. Like, I literally did. I wanted skinning. I wanted parts cut off. I yeah. wanted... You wanted more revenge. I, yeah, because, yeah, like, I can tell you, if I was in her position, I wouldn't be shooting people. Hell no. I'd skin you, film it, and send it to your mom. Like, <laughs> hell no. Or am I going to uh, run around awesome. shooting people? So that, and I don't like guns and horror movies anyway. I think it's such, it's just not fun. To me, like, that kind it's of. cheap. It is. It's just, as I said, it's just not a, it doesn't make the movie fun. But that was my biggest complaint, because it took this movie out of a horror element and made it more of an action movie. Because I was literally sitting there so excited. I was like, oh, she's going to fuck these guys up. And she doesn't. She just kind of like shoots at them. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, that just was so disappointing to me. But I think her character is so badass and they don't really. I like that in the beginning, she's kind of ditzy, kind of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then she all of a sudden freaking gi jane like that is awesome to me i did like that part as i said they could have made this movie a thousand times better yeah if she was out there especially because it was a french horror movie they do fucked up shit to people in french horror movies so i was just like hell yeah waiting for it (laughs) and just like the second she just stabbed that guy i like was like Oh no, <laughs> she's just gonna kill these people like a regular person. Like a regular person. <laughs> she's just gonna, oh my god, she's just gonna quickly end these guys. Um, what I will say I did love was I actually loved the character development of the three guys because I think, and I don't know if the writer, director intended to do this, but I think he almost kind of represented what scummy people think about rape in the society. You have the rapist himself who thinks he's owed something because some somebody like looked at him for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Get over it. We all get drunk and hit on people. It doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean they want to sleep with you. It doesn't mean anything. So you have that. Then you have, there are people out there that have and just will just see people doing that shitty sexual assault stuff and just walk away that like that oh, yeah, this is happening, and just, like, walks off. And then you have... There's always that person who thinks it's not a big deal, it can get covered up, and just, like, will, for some reason, go to the ends of the earth to protect his friend. 
so I really liked those three kind of characteristics played over the three male characters because unfortunately those attitudes exist. Yeah. And as I said, I don't know if that was intentional or just kind of how they wrote the characters, but I thought that was really cool. And that's what should happen to all of you. You should be shot <laughs> or skinned and castrated, which oh, is even funner. That's the one you'd probably pick. Yeah. I'm of course. That. But overall, I did like this movie, but... There was, there was a, I don't know if I'd rewatch it. I thought it okay. was really cool. It was fun. It was engaging. The shots were gorgeous. Um, the acting was really good. I didn't really feel there were parts that slowed down or drug. But yeah, it just, it took me out of the horror element that yeah. she wasn't out there being cool. It cool. was, I was a good movie, just not something I'd necessarily watch again. And as I said, I don't really think it was a horror movie. Okay, cool. Patrick? Well, I, I, I guess then, Josh, we need to, you and I probably need to talk about why it made our top 10 for 2018. Yeah. Because I agree with what both Maddie and Greg say, mm -hmm. that you do have to suspend your belief in this movie. Yeah. Because I agree, this woman <clears throat> should be dead immediately. There's yeah. no way physically she would have survived the fall and the impalement 100 percent, 100 you know the bleed out and everything else there's no way that should have happened but that's not missing what this vital organs too by the way but that's not what this movie's about if we look at all the horror movies that we've talked about this year mm -hmm. if we were to add believability yeah to each and every one of those movies we wouldn't have a top 10 we wouldn't have, <laughs> we wouldn't have a top 10 at all in any way shape or form so taking that realizing boom I know what this movie's about. I'm glad she went all Rambo ape shit over these guys. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really, really liked about it. I also like the fact that it totally embraced where I think some of the horror genre is going when it comes to women involved with horror films. If you look at this movie, they she the director did not focus so much on the actual rape as violence mm -hmm. compared to what the main character did to the men. I'm kind of glad they stayed away from that because we see enough violence towards women on screen. Yeah. I'm not negating the violence that happened to her in this movie in any way, shape or form. I was more appreciative that we got to see the violence towards men in this film. Yeah. Especially because there have been like rape revenge films and just rape in movies. And I I will straight up be honest. I don't feel comfortable seeing rape in horror movies or in any movie, especially like some of the scenes are so freaking long. Like I spit on your grave. That was drawn out. And then um, the remake of Hills Have Eyes. That was like an eight minute scene. And you're just like, what the fuck? I don't want to see that, especially as a woman, because like statistics in this country that's not great. Like you watch someone get stabbed and you're like, that probably won't happen to me. But <laughs> Right. And then you also run into the problem where sometimes rape is a male fantasy. And then if it's played out on screen, you know, you don't want to glorify that in any no, way. Shape, or yeah. So yeah, I, that, that's why I'm saying I, I really, I mean, I've got to say that that scene leading up to the rape was one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've had to sit through just oh, the yeah. conversation between him and her mm -hmm. and how uncomfortable she was and how much a creepy douchey mcrapey guy this was because yeah, we all know someone like that like yeah. watching this movie all of us are like oh yeah a shit bag at the <laughs> yeah shit bag um but yeah for me seeing her 
the character step out and be totally empowered Rambo-esque throughout mm-hmm. the rest of it is what made this movie for me. And I didn't give a crap about the believability because, yes, square one, if we would have if we would have had to believe this movie, it would have been a 20 minute movie. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, you know, other than that, the other reason I liked it is because there's a lot more man ass and a little bit of penis for Joss to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mandic all over this film. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I again, with the I, I get the, the the believability thing um, and the whole not really having a top 10. If you got to believe in giant sharks and um, and predators roaming the, the earth. But if I can let go of the believability if the story is fucking fantastic and the character arcs are really great. And if you watch the arc of that girl and her character and who she is when she walks into this movie and who she is when she leaves, she there's a whole whole giant change in her. And although the three guys are complete dickbags, they're believable characters. Yeah. And you... Uh, have somebody to very much root against. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe in the story of this movie and I believe all the characters of this movie. And I think it's a really well-written movie, but yes, if you're talking about falling off a fucking cliff and impaling yourself and missing every vital organ, Greg is a hundred percent right. It's yes. not believable at all. If you can jump past all that and just go, this story is kind of fucking cool and I like all these characters and there's some good blood and violence in this movie. I can dig this shit. That's why it fell in uh, the the top ten for me. Yeah, Um, I think to Greg's defense, he's looking at it the same way I looked at Saw the very first time I watched Saw because I pulled you over the coals on Saw in one of our past podcasts. Broke my heart. Yeah, and I have since come to really appreciate the movie Saw because I said, you know what, fuck it. If I tried to believe everything or try to make everything completely accurate, it would not ever be enjoyable for me. Yeah, you know what I was kind of disappointed about besides the fact that she wouldn't outrun around being crazy is like they kept showing shots of her earrings and I thought she was going to put those in someone's freaking eye and I was like, yes, that's the coolest thing ever. It made me want to go get my ears pierced just in case I need some like <laughs> Well, she weapons. really got her ear pierced though. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was brutal. Yeah, the violence in here was pretty brutal, but as I said, I think they just... I just, I just think, wanted some torture. You think they torture. cheapened out with the guns? They did, did. yeah. yeah that's, well, and the, but her, it is what, her boyfriend definitely deserved a hell of a lot more because, I mean, even though he wasn't the one who raped her, he was the one who allowed all of this to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I also can understand she's not... She was out in the middle of the desert. It's not like you can get, like, prime torture equipment out there, like, unless she, like, ran across, like, a Lowe's or something like that. But, but there's other things. Lowe's. I mean, she could have <laughs> shot him in the nuts. She could have, you know, blown both of his kneecaps off and then just let him sit and bleed out. You know, you're, you're absolutely correct with that. I, yeah. think, I think the headshot was probably a little too – and it's been over a year. It came out in two, uh, 2017, yeah. so I don't yeah. have to worry about spoilers. But it was almost too easy of a kill at that moment. Yeah. And I think the rapist got too easy of a kill. She could have put his head underneath like the tires and just backed up over his fucking head a couple times. That would have been cute. But like, I don't know. As I said, that was like my main thing. But I will say I would have put this in my top as well if I had seen it in 2018. The only spot in the movie that I was like, all right, it's enough. Let's I'm getting fucking dizzy was when they're chasing each other around 
down the hallway. Oh, and the it's house. just in a circular and thing. It's a circular motion. They do that for a long yeah, time. And, and I'm just like, all right, somebody fucking just stop. Wait for somebody to come around the corner well, he and did, pick them off. He did stop to wrap himself in saran wrap, at which point yeah. I was thinking. That's a are great you, idea, by the way. It was a great idea, but I couldn't help get past the whole diet thing. I'm thinking, oh, you're trying to lose some weight here, buddy? <laughs> so, yeah, the it wraps. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that was the only spot in the movie I was like, all right. Let's wrap this kill up. We we know how it's going to end. But Let's the cool go. part about it is they were filling those hallways with a lot of blood. They that were was, that was like a literal a slip and yeah. slide going yeah. on. Yeah, which that was, uh, going back to believability, I was like, I don't think you can lose <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. much. And still, yeah. well, you could probably st- still lose that much and live, but I don't think you could lose that much and still be like being able to heft up like a rifle and yeah. run. And like, run it, yeah, yeah, I was like, what? The one thing about this movie, I think you can only do so many rape revenge movies. It is a very, very, like, just formulaic storyline, which is fine because it kind of, you go back to slashers and everything and it follows a pattern. But, um, yeah, I... I don't think I'd watch another rape revenge movie that came out just because I feel like they've just kind of been done. Watch MFA. I I know I'm going to watch MFA, but, uh, uh, yeah. Wait, does she shoot them? Uh, I'm not going to say, okay. Okay, Watch MFA. I had to watch martyrs with no notes. So, uh, if I said I liked it, I think that's enough of a note for you. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. But, um, yeah, I just it, they do definitely follow a plot. So while I can't say this is my favorite type of movie, like on one level, it kind of fills my satisfaction as a person because, like in real life, there's not enough punishment for people who do this shit. So it is kind of nice to like see it on screen as like this is what should be happening versus you know the three months you get in prison if you you know rape someone in yeah. real life. Yeah. So, uh, Patrick, you want to go down the uh, the list of yeah, I just, uh, ratings, I, I guess? Yeah. So let's go ahead and score this thing. Uh, we rank this three different ways. We've got the gore score, the fear factor, and then the overall rating. So let's go around the table, and I, I'll go ahead and start uh, with the gore score. And for me, there was quite a bit of blood in this thing, but there mm-hmm. wasn't so much gore. So I'm going to rank it probably about a five. Yep. I'd sit the five, six spot. Yeah, for sure. Greg? Greg? I'll give it a six. I mean, it was fairly bloody in the parts that, while unbelievable, have to exist. But, that, yeah, it was fairly bloody, so six. <laughs> Craig does not give a fuck about <laughs> any of it. Uh, I'll give it a four or five. As you said, it was very bloody. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't gory. Yeah, I think, yeah. The, I think the goriest thing was maybe the body floating up, and but it just really wasn't enough to, yeah. Yeah, All yeah. right, so now we've got the fear factor, and for me, it was pretty low because it, it wasn't something that raised concern. However, that one scene did make me extremely uncomfortable, but I wouldn't necessarily rank that as fear, so I'm giving it like about a two. Yeah, if we can change fear to creepy vibe, yeah, um, it'd be way higher. But yeah, yeah exactly. If you're, if you're sitting on fear, like you said, one or two, one or two, yeah, yep. zero. There's there's no horror in this movie at all, except for the horrificness that was the rape scene, but. It's more of a, an action thriller drama, I consider it. Yeah. Cool. I'll actually give it a three or four, not because it was scary, but just as a woman, I don't like watching sexual violence and horror movies. Yeah. As I said, because that's something that could, <laughs> that's like a possible thing, unlike every other thing. Like, I feel pretty safe that I'm not going to get sewed to another person. 
you know. You don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then finally, we give it our overall rating, and that's what we thought of the movie as a whole. And for me, like I said, it hit my 2018 list, and I give this movie an eight. That's exactly where I sat, uh, an eight. Greg. <laughs> the believability factor of this, or any movie really, not just this one, is what helps kind of suck me into the story. And when there's absolutely, like, when I'm supposed to suspend disbelief, that's fine. I get that. Things can happen. But when this takes me so far beyond, I completely lose anything on the story. And that's, I think, what happened with Revenge, is I didn't give two shits about it. Like, let me back up, because I don't want to sound like a complete asshole here. The first 20 minutes, I obviously cared for the girl. I wanted her to obviously get her revenge, because that was an awful, god-awful thing that happened. But by the time that she had fallen and hit the hit the branch, I was I was done at that point because I just there was nothing more in the story that I cared about. And I'm I have no score for the story at all for the movie at all. I just it was terrible. I did not like it at all. (laughs) So zero. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a horror movie, I wouldn't rank it really high as an overall movie. I'll give it a seven. Very cool. cool. Greg, I think can we can we can we lift it up to a one just because this movie exists and it's it's a thing that exists and all right he's goose egg he is goose egg all around I, does, I will I will talk anybody out of watching this movie cool so that was revenge um I'm super excited to uh, to dive into this kind of the first cast of the year I know we did the 2018. Mm-hmm. Because we did it late, um, but we have a really good kind of lineup coming out this year. Everybody's kind of picking moves ahead of time. The the schedule is a little more organized, and just some of the films that we're dropping on the schedule, I'm really excited about. Uh, Maddie suggested doing and covering Women in Horror Month next uh, month in February. Uh, Maddie's pick is next. I don't know what she's doing, um, but we are covering Women in Horror Month uh, starting in February. So on the next podcast, we'll be doing that. And hopefully a couple guest appearances in hopefully, yeah, as well. That'd be awesome. Yep. So um, before we wrap up for the night, let's do plugs. And uh, we'll start with uh, Greg the Angry Guy tonight. <laughs> I'm Greg, the movie guy, the best movie review you have never heard of. I write movie reviews with a positive spin over at gregthemovieguy.com. I am starting the road to 200 posts. I have recently just released my number 190 post. That was a bird box. Go on there. Check that out. That is gregthemovieguy.com. Maddie? I have two tonight. First one, as always, is Screambox. Um, New year, new movies, new you. Um, $35-ish, you can get the whole year, and I am sure they have a ton of fun stuff coming out. Um, so Screenbox TV, go ahead and check them out. My second one is a little more personal. If you are looking for an awesome tattoo in the Omaha area, go to Revolution Studios. They have three amazing artists, Rob, Kurt, and Dennis. They're great, they're very friendly, um, and they're happy to do horror pieces if anyone's looking for one. They are on 50th and L in Omaha. Again, that is Revolution Studios. Patrick, wrap it up. I got no plugs. All right. uh, Yeah, Patrick. Okay, uh, so if you're a fan of the Frightcast, and we know that you are, make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on, and make sure that you rate and review us. Anything that you can help us out with, It uh, gets us higher in the ratings, and we are then more 
available to a broader audience. So help us out with that. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many, many, many more. We have a few bills to pay around here. Not much, but we've got the hosting services and equipment and stuff like that. So if you want to help us out that way, we do have a Patreon account. So head on over to patreon.com slash Midnight Frightcast. You can also check us out online. You can find us on Twitter at mfrightcast. You can follow us and join the conversation on our Facebook group, Midnight Frightcast. And you can also find us on Instagram, believe it or not, Midnight Frightcast. So share, 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 and share some more. Post it on your walls and tell your friends. And also be sure to check out our films. We do films as well at midnightfrightfilms.com. And you can also find them on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm excited for everything coming up. February is Women in Horror Month. Watch some stuff. Seek them out. Let us know what you're watching um, so we can kind of talk about that when we when we jump on the, the Frycast. Because uh, I'm curious to see what everybody else is kind of watching and, and what they uh, are thinking. So, um, yeah, drop us a line and, and let us know what uh, what you are, are watching. So, other than that, uh, for Greg the Movie Guy and, and Maddie and Patrick... Midnight Frightcast, we will see you next time.